Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello, my people. If you're watching live, checking this out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Bots and Share Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, and if not, we'll sprinkle in independent stars, you know, so we still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and joining me tonight is an independent star tearing up Great Britain for years now, Shady Natrace. Shady, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having us on. Nice. Well, uh, I usually start all of these about the same way. Um, kind of a who, what, where, why, and when of you in professional wrestling. So let's start at the top and kind of talk about how you got into pro wrestling. What made you decide to be a pro wrestler? Um, well, I've got, um, I have three brothers. And uh, early 90s, we, we got into uh, WWF. And uh, WCW was uh, on the, the, the non non satellite TV in the UK, so that kind of got my uh, interest in in wrestling started. And then with us, um, obviously four boys kept uh, wrestling around the house. And then as soon as we found that there was a school, uh, I think it was maybe an hour and a half away. So as soon as we found that, we uh, we all went training and. Uh, yeah, all uh, all four of us have uh, have worked matches and done various other roles in wrestling. So it's uh, it was it was a good way to get started. Growing up in England, I'm curious, what kind of wrestling were you exposed to as a kid? What kind of wrestling did you guys have there? Oh, uh, on like when when I was growing, we had we essentially only had like four TV four TV channels. So um. Uh, on a on a Saturday evening in the area where I am in the, the north of England, uh, WCW would get shown, what like in the middle of the night, maybe two a.m. So um, we'd set the VHS to record that, and and that kind of got my uh, interest in in wrestling started, and then that led to uh, you'd find VHS in the WWF. Uh, the early WrestleManias and uh, Survivor Series and things like that, um, and then Satellite came along and that kind of changed the game for for everybody. I think. It's well, it's changed a lot since uh, since we started. That's for sure. Um, because the 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 biggest the biggest wrestling company in the UK at the time was probably Allstar, but they are very much a uh, a non-internet fan uh, base. So it's all like local fan families and uh, camp shows and things like that. So um, it, the, the shows were there, but the the exposure wasn't there um, until the FWA started, and they kind of got the uh, the early two thousands kick started, um, and they would bring in like the top 
indie names. You had they had like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and people like that were were coming in for them. So that kind of uh, changed the UK scene. Somebody who spent so much time active in the scene. Um, what were some of the biggest changes you've seen though since when you broke on in the the earlier two thousands to where we're at now in twenty twenty two? What are some of the biggest changes you've seen? The biggest ones were, I think it's just the ease of access to wrestling. Um, the the internet has totally changed how uh, wrestling can be uh, uh, exposed to people and uh, spread around the world. Um, it's. I remember when I when I was first starting, or maybe a few years in. Uh, the footage that I had, if it was getting uh, uploaded to YouTube, it was it was having to get split into two uh, two separate videos because they only had uh, a certain length of, of video that was that you could upload. So, so I'd say just the general access to wrestling via the internet has uh, has brought a massive change, and and that kind of showed with the uh, the number of wrestlers coming in, like trainees and. The, the number of fans at the shows. So, yeah, it's it's just got bigger and bigger. And I think we're, we're currently in a bit of a, I wouldn't say a, a dead phase, but we, we the boom from when the likes of NXT UK started um, has, has definitely died down. So so the shows are still there and the wrestling is still there, but the, the attendances aren't what they were. NXT when NXT UK was over there, did you guys see an influx once it started to pick up? Did the independent scene start to get bigger? Did it start to move a little bit with more momentum when NXT UK started? Um, was that a uh, uh, what's a good way to put it? Was it like a a lifeline for the independent scene there to have a, a direct link to the Americas? It's strange, strangely enough. Strangely enough, it didn't. It, um, I think a lot of a lot of people kind of seen it as, um, oh well, that's the end of the British scene because they're just going to take all the best wrestlers and uh, they aren't going to be on the shows. Um, but it kind of it did kind of mean that promotions had to uh, create new stars rather than all just using the same ones. Uh, it did allow uh, more more wrestlers opportunities to uh, say main event shows because the two the two usual main eventers or whatever would would be on NXT UK so um, you maybe didn't have them uh, available for you for the show so they had to put somebody else in uh, and raise their game so I I personally think it was a, it was a good thing because. As you say, it did give direct line to WWE, and and even if you you just made a one off appearance there, you you're still gonna. Where, when you look at wrestling as a whole in England, um, what were some of the uh, the takeaways when from the sport itself? Has it always been big in England? Has there always been a following? 
Um, was there, like in the States, for instance, in that mid-90s, there was kind of a lull where it wasn't super popular. Um, what's the popularity level like there in England for pro wrestling right now? Um, well, it's I, right now it's a bit, it's it is down a bit the the popularity uh, as far as I can see. Um, I think maybe about just just before NXT UK started, progress were were hot and they were getting big numbers, and that was kind of the the peak the UK have had. But um, it is just. Uh, a case of you get ups and downs. There's the start of the two thousand well, mid two thousands, there was a big uh, a big rise in the following of the UK scene and, and that died down and then as they came back up when progress kinda picked up steam and we are I think we're currently down again. Um yeah, on a whole I think um it's just not as popular as it is in, in the US. Um I can't really, I can't really explain why. I don't know if it's a case of um, they just seem the UK fans. Well, the UK public, shall I say, maybe seem a bit too. Um, they get a bit stuck in the whole uh, uh, being fake and things like that. So I, I think it's. Um, it's harder for the UK fans to, for, um, for the general public to kind of buy into to pro wrestling. But I also don't think that the general public are targeted enough by the, the wrestlers and the wrestling promotions. So if you're only going to target um, wrestling fans, you're only going to get wrestling fans to your shows. So I think the general public should be where your shows are aimed for. One of my favorite questions I like to ask is specific about the crowds. Um, in the States, you know, once again, going back to that territory, Phil, the fans in Philadelphia are very different than the fans in Atlanta or very different from the fans in California. Um, when you travel around the UK, do you see a big difference between the different fans? Do different territories expect different things? Is it easier to be a heel in certain places than it is to be a face? Um, you just kind of see where I'm asking? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think there's much of a difference in the UK. Um, I think the the only time you really do get different um, is it is it targeted for your for your families or is it targeted for your your, your hardcore wrestling fans? Um, you. You definitely get a lot more um, family-friendly shows in the UK. I, I, uh, I think because, as I, like I said, it's it's kind of the there's more chance of selling more tickets to a family than there is two or three wrestling fans in the area. Um, the biggest uh, difference in in fan base is anywhere in the UK. Um, but yeah, I think. I think everybody's kind of a, a bit more, a bit more open to just being entertained rather than uh, to see wrestling. If that makes sense. 
No, absolutely. Um, with there being such a drastic difference between, we'll call it the casual wrestling fan, just like you're saying, a, a family show, take your family out for the night, uh, something to do kind of thing, versus the more uh, intense, hardcore wrestling fan. Um, do you feel like in the, the British independent scene that you're kind of adapting more towards that casual fan to bring them in? Do you feel like you're, the British wrestling style is kind of adapting to that style of crowd now? Um, not, not enough for my liking, to be honest. Um, because I think, I think a lot of, of wrestling in general, um, it, it overlooks basically what, what brought us all into wrestling. Uh, and that's almost the entertainment side, if that makes sense. Um, the, you have to, in my opinion, take in the, the fans or else the wrestling doesn't matter. Um, and I think so many wrestlers uh, in the UK, just all around the world, to be honest, um, concentrate far too much on just the wrestling um, and I think if you have a, a really solid technical wrestling match that the crowd are quiet for you aren't going to have as, as what, what is perceived as a good match as a okay technical wrestling match that is really hot with the crowd I think the the crowd definitely makes wrestling matches in in my opinion, and I think too many people try too hard to have good matches that they overlook the the most important part of the match, which is the fans. One of my favorite things I've ever heard a guy tell me was sometimes the guys get too focused on popping the boys in the back and not popping the crowd. So it's kind of refreshing to hear. Uh, the approach of uh, making sure that the crowd is the the focus for what you're doing. And the shift into sports entertainment is a hot topic. A lot of people, there's a division down the, the clear center line of the wrestling community of people who are saying pro wrestling and sports entertainment are different things now. Do you feel like they've split into sports entertainment and pro wrestling, or do you think they've always been the same the whole time? I think it's always been the same. Uh, it, it really is. Um, like the likes of, you get people like Jim Corner and things saying how, oh, things were so much better in, in the 80s and, and et cetera like that. Um, but I think he kind of, he puts it in a way that misses the point uh, and people kind of just see him being negative. But pro wrestling is still pro wrestling. And it's it is still exactly the same, but there's just like fancier moves and things, and people have short attention spans. Um, so if if you concentrate, like if a, a wrestler concentrates on putting on a good pro wrestling match, it doesn't matter if people see it as sports entertainment or, or pro wrestling because it's the same thing. Um, yeah, the the underlying storytelling aspect of pro wrestling is still gonna work today as it did ever um, and people kind of miss that and just kind of do moves <laughs> which is uh, which is unfortunate
uh, those diehard wrestling fans like the the United States does. What was it like for you guys breaking into that scene uh, with such a limited um, the like crowd base? I guess at first. Um, it's kind of it was kind of a good learning experience for for the likes of myself to be honest because um you you have to learn how to get the crowd to react if uh if if there's if it's a tough crowd and you can get them to react when you do a, a show full of um wrestling fans it's easier to get them to react because they want to and because you know that you can get um unwilling wrestling fans uh, unwilling fans to uh, respond it makes it easier when you do actually wrestle in front of wrestling fans so i think a lot of a lot of wrestlers that started or kind of got their experience when the the boom was on they kind of took for granted how how much you have to work for a reaction because they were just used to going out there and, and the fans cheering and booing. Whereas you put them in front of a, a, a tough crowd and they struggle. And that that's a, a big a big difference uh, in my opinion. When you wrestle, I've heard a lot of people say it's easier to get people to hate you than it is to get them to love you. Um, do you feel like that's the case in England as well? Do you think it's easier to get over as a heel? It's easier to get the crowd to hate you than it is to get them to love you? Uh, probably, yeah. Um, but there has to be... Yeah, if you're, if you're a heel, you have to work as a heel. This whole um, cool heel um, thing that people seem to do, it, isn't, it doesn't work. If, if you're a heel and people start liking you and you're not a heel anymore um, and I've kind of I've definitely dived in at the, at the I am a heel <laughs> um, <laughs> with my character because it, it's I can I'm I'm experienced enough to be able to uh, use my um, heel character to, to help less experienced baby faces um, and help them realize what they need to do to get better. Um, if you have if you have a heel who's just getting booed because he's he swore at some kids or something, it's not being a heel. People people aren't booing you because they want to boo you. They boo you because of the way that you're you're treating people, which isn't being as it isn't being a heel. That's just not being a nice person, which is totally different because we are meant to be heel characters. Um, and if you can get people to hate you enough while you're wrestling, but understand that they hate you when you wrestle, and not just that person isn't a good person. So that's going to end up putting people off. If, uh, as I say, if, for, for example, a, a, a heel, um, if they swears or whatever, them fans might not come back. 
and then you you've been you've done the total opposite job of what you're supposed to be doing, which is being a draw. Um, and if I say if, if fans then don't because the way you you acted around them, then that's that's kind of as I say takes away the whole point because we should be trying to bring the fans in and. As I say, that's kind of an overlooked aspect as well, being able to uh, understand the business side. Um, but yeah, it's as I say, you you want you want your heels to to be hated enough that the fans want to buy tickets to boo them, rather than I don't want to see this person because I don't like him. So what do you think about a heel like an MJF then? Somebody who is obviously a heel, he plays a heel fairly well, he's one of the best in the business right now, arguably, but every time he walks into the arena, he's getting cheered. Um, what do you think about that kind of a heel work, where he's playing the heel well, but the crowd's still cheering him on every time he steps foot in the ring? It's, it's a tough one, like, to that. It's, it's kind of... It's kind of the same uh, on the opposite side when Cena was getting booed for being the baby face. Um, you then put in in the position where do you do you pull the trigger and turn them, or it, it's kind of a tough one. Isn't it? It is either way to gamble, um, but as long as as long as MJF. Would be keeping to his character and not kind of letting the cheers in, then I would say he's still doing the right thing. Um, because it's when they start kind of um, wanting the fans to cheer them, if that makes sense. Um, because any, any heel shouldn't want any fans to cheer them, regardless. Of the situation, so um, yeah, as I say, if he keeps, if he, if he just keeps doing what he's doing and being a heel still, then it's then just a case of okay, he's he's a good heel. When do we pull the trigger on on turning him face, and will it work? Because he could turn face, and then everyone's gone. Oh, well, he's just a watered down version of what he was now. So it's you you, you get put in that. Booking, uh, booking position, um, and and that gets overlooked as well because you, you see fans nowadays saying, "Oh, this this person should be should be here, this person should be face, they should be doing this, that, and whatever," but it doesn't always work that easy. All right, Shady. Well, I close all of my interviews with five rapid fire questions. I've got yours queued up, ready to go. You ready? Yeah, definitely. All right. What's your favorite food? Uh, ice cream. Always a solid pick. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> um, Pulp Fiction or Fight Club. Pulp Fiction. This is two weeks in a row. My guest has said Pulp Fiction was their favorite movie. <laughs> Big Tarantino fan, so I'm okay with that. Uh, what is your favorite finisher that isn't yours? Oh, um, 
Oh, I, I don't know. I like I, I kind of I see I see wrestling moves as 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 something different to to just fancy moves. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one for us to say. I, I, um, maybe my uh, my good friend Paul London shooting star for us. I love a good shooting star. Who was your favorite superstar growing up? Um, it was uh, Mr. Perfect and then Al Snow. Mr. Perfect. Do you think Kurt Henning is one of the greatest to never win the big one, so to speak? Having so never won the uh, the world absolutely. title? Absolutely. Yeah, and... absolutely. But I also think that that added that added to his his quality in in my opinion. I completely agree. Um, with somebody like Dustin Rhodes, not to divert too far off, do you think Dustin Rhodes goes on that same list now that he's getting ready to uh, to leave the boots in the middle of the ring as somebody who's never won a, a major world title? Do you think Dustin Rhodes moves onto that list now? Oh, definitely. And and to be honest, I think it was because of the Gorgos character. Um, I think if he'd went to, to, to WWF, with um, a more serious character, I think he would have been in a position to be a world champion. But as Goldust, I don't think it made sense for him to be a world champion. All righty, Shady, your last question. What is the favorite venue you've ever wrestled in? Um, strange enough, I actually think it was the, the, the show I did for PCW yesterday, which was in a, a, a nightclub called Flamingos in Blackpool. And it just adds such a unique vibe to a wrestling show that I think it was it was a brilliant venue. It was only the second time they'd run there, um, but they they've already announced that they they're going back there next year, and hopefully the numbers will keep increasing and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll fill the place out. And yeah, I, I would say it just it just brings a nice um, a different atmosphere rather than just Everybody sat around the ring on chairs. There was different levels to, to the seat in the, in the, uh, the fun areas. Um, the the lighting and the sounds were good. The, there were some LED screens. And I just think, yeah, I just thought it, it, it worked really well. And, yeah, it was – I was a, a big fan of it. All right, Shady, this is my favorite part of the episode, man. This is a chance for you to plug your stuff, put yourself over, tell everybody what you've got coming up and going on. Yeah, all my, all my social medias uh, at Shady Natchez, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, all your, your Snapchat, your TikTok, everything. I try and uh, cover as much social media as I can. Um, and also, if you if you do fancy buying some uh, T-shirts, uh, shadynatchez.bigcartel.com. Uh, and if you're in the U.S., they they use a, a local printer to you, so there's no international uh, shipping charges, which is is always a bonus. Nice. Um, and yeah, just uh, yesterday was my, my last show of the year, I think, and I just kind of I've got a couple of dates already booked for, for next year, and just want to keep uh, keep having a busy year. I've, uh, I've kind of been uh, in a new a few new places this this year, so. Um, I'm, I'm always a fan of getting myself uh, 
to new places and seeing how uh, different crowds react to, to myself and and that's been fun and and also uh, if you check out my YouTube I, I have matches up there which I try to post weekly um we've got I think I've got nearly 70 matches up there with with the likes of Ricochet, Roderick Strong, um, Paul London, uh, Angelico, Jellyfo, uh, a, a big a big range of, of stars from from all over all over the world. So I hopefully uh, get some uh, some people checking them out. Any chances we're going to get you in the states anytime soon? Hopefully, it was it was penciled in for the last month, but um, uh, things kind of fell through for, for various reasons. Not not really anybody's fault. It's just one of those those things that happens. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully, I'll uh, I'll be over at some point. Excellent. Well, Shady, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting about some wrestling with me. Not a problem. Excellent. For Shady Netrace, I am the Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people.